You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? Happy Thursday. You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and I am your host, Rafael Barlow, the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And as of right now, at this exact moment that I am recording, it is 9.55 a.m. in Athens, Greece, and we are 140 days, 16 hours, and 4 minutes away from the 2022 NBA draft. Yes, I have a countdown going, so I'm clearly excited and looking forward to the draft. But this episode might be a little bit controversial. Actually, I'll just say this this episode will probably spark some debates. But before I get into it, a big, huge thank you to each and every person who begins their day and makes Locked On NBA Draft their first listen. Your support of the channel has been greatly appreciated. Now I want to talk about today's episode. Like I said, it may be a little controversial since this podcast is all about the NBA draft and I did start off the episode with with a countdown, but I'm going to ask the question. And actually, if you want to reply to the question, you can hit me up at Barlow, B-A-R-L-O-W-E-5-0-0 on Twitter and you can send me a DM or you can, you know, just send it on the timeline. But I'm going to ask the question. Should NBA prospects be able to enter the league as free agents instead of getting drafted? Now, this is something that I've thought about for a while, and I believe it could actually be beneficial to the NBA and the fans and also improve gameplay. Now, do not get me wrong. I love the NBA draft. Clearly, I love the NBA draft so much so that I've dedicated my life and my career and working in this field, and I've spent... I've spent and I currently spend a ridiculous amount of hours watching film, editing film, and creating draft-related content. I love the NBA. I love where it's going. And through my travels abroad, I've seen how the NBA is years and years ahead of other countries as far as marketing basketball and how the draft and free agency and even summer league keep the fans engaged year-round and in the offseason. But what I'm starting to dislike is how the draft and the lottery process reward losing. Now, I know the lottery was put in place to make sure the team with the worst record isn't guaranteed the number one pick, and it's supposed to make tanking a little bit more difficult with less guarantees, but maybe it's just because I'm getting up there and my advanced age of 42. But something about tanking and losing on purpose and being rewarded with a top pick just doesn't sit right with me like it used to. Now, I know this didn't just start recently, and tanking has been around for years. As far as I can remember, most notably the whole situation with Patrick Ewing and and the 85 draft and, and all of that stuff. And then even a few years back, I wasn't really bothered by the process that Sam Hickey had going on in Philly. And, and I mean, to me, they were just the first team to, I guess, make it clear and obvious that they were tanking. And they let it known that, you know, there is a, a benefit in this. And, you know, I thought Sam did a 
I understood what he was doing, and you know, I still would like to see him back in the NBA. But like I said, obviously this didn't start recently. But for me personally, I'm becoming less and less of a fan of tanking. But I understand why it's done. I've even mentioned that my team is the Portland Trail Blazers, and I think it makes the most sense for them to tank and and get rewarded for a top pick. But that doesn't mean that I like it. Maybe it's because I've been spending a lot of time in Europe. But I actually like the European model in a sense where there is no draft and the worst teams in certain leagues they get demoted to second division so even at the very end of the season the worst teams are fighting they're competing they're playing because they do not want to get demoted to the second league so it kind of makes the competitive play it just to me it just makes it better not saying the NBA would do that because you know if you put the Houston Rockets or the Detroit Pistons or the Orlando Magic in the G League, they would dominate. And then there's, you know, you brought the G League team up to the NBA, it would be the same situation. They'd just be going back and forth. In any other field, are you rewarded for being awful? It's, it's really weird. So the example that I want to use is the Houston Rockets. I'm just not a fan of what they're doing. They're currently paying John Wall $44 million this season to not play basketball. And most people would love the opportunity to earn millions not to work. Even like somebody, I probably say a lot of people would, would love to make $44,000 to sit at home and, and not work. I think we kind of went through that a little bit with the, the unemployment and you know, you've seen all these labor shortages because people were making more money sitting at home than they were working. But in this basketball case, the Rockets are paying him $44 million while he works out in Miami, away from the team, and he's playing. He's, he's at, shout out to Ronnie Taylor, who runs uh, Taylor Sports Group. But Ronnie is organizing runs that John Wall is playing with, like Michael Beasley and Tyreek Evans and a few other guys that have played overseas in Miami. And they're, they're just playing pickup basketball. And the reason behind that is because Houston is so focused on rebuilding, and they want to prioritize losing and developmental minutes for Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. And that is more valuable than paying or playing John Wall because he may help them win a few more games. Now, John has missed, I mean, it seems like the majority of like the last three years with injuries. Is he really going to make them the eighth seed are they going to be in the play-in maybe maybe not but I know that without him playing it puts the Rockets in position to to lose like and unfortunately for Wall and this is another situation where it only happens in sports his contract is so big that he doesn't have much trade value since every team is over the cap so as we would say as kids he is stuck like Chuck and Eric Gordon is an example he's over 30 he's actually playing for the Rockets but I'm going to assume it's because he has value. Not saying Wall doesn't have value. Wall just doesn't have a lot of trade value. But Gordon has a movable contract that would bring back draft picks. So Houston has a reason to play him because I imagine that he'll be moved within the next, I don't know, seven to eight days. Now the Rockets are currently sitting at 15 and 36. They're awful. Jalen Green has had a rough transition to the NBA. I saw like a graphic that he is statistically the worst player in 
the entire NBA. I mean, of course, he's young and there, there, there is an adjustment, but that's not what they expected. I was one of the people that thought he would win Rookie of the Year. I thought he put up 18, 19, 20 points a game. I didn't think he would be efficient, but I thought he would be better than what he has been. I know he missed some time with an injury. And even the Rockets have a winning record when he doesn't play. And then you have Kevin Porter Jr. He's got, I mean, he's, he's got some 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 issues going on there, but he's extremely talented. And despite all that, despite the fact that Jalen Green hasn't been as good as we expected, despite the fact that Kevin Porter Jr. has had some run-ins and he's got suspended, and you know even the situation with Christian Wood being fine, the Rockets are exactly where they want to be. In position to land Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, or Jabari Smith. And something about that just doesn't sit right with me. So when we return, I want to talk to you about my ideas on how I would change the whole draft process to eliminate tanking and find a way where more veteran players can get opportunities because veterans are getting pushed out of the league guys that can still play at a high level they're getting pushed out for these raw 18 and 19 year olds because teams want to lose the more they lose the better chance they get of getting a higher draft pick that can hopefully turn into a franchise player so stay tuned bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the playoffs right to the big game in just a little under two weeks. But betonline.net remains the absolute best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it is not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing new offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th. And at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the Locked On NBA podcast will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker. John Corrales, and the Locked On Fantasy Basketball guru, Josh Lloyd, to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Turn on your notifications so you will know when they go live. All right, a few years back, Tom Ziller wrote an SB Nation article titled, Kill the NBA Draft. And I thought this was a very well-written piece, and I guess it's clearly because I agree with some of his takes. But this is something that he wrote. The draft rewards losing, incentivizes failure, and restricts the ability of players to work wherever they want. It often places good young players on poorly managed bad teams. I agree. I agree 100%. So what if players could enter the league as free agents? Now, a lot of people may think it would kill the competitive balance and small market teams wouldn't have a chance. And here's my take on that. College basketball is a billion-dollar industry. Everybody loves March Madness. And every year we know that the top programs are going to get the top recruits and McDonald's All-Americans. Kentucky probably has the most McDonald's All-Americans since Calipari took over. 
How many national titles has he won at Kentucky? One? Duke is always going to be in the running to get the top players. But has it led to them having a dynasty? Now, I know that the NCAA tournament being a single elimination tournament for sure plays a role in preventing the most talented team from winning every year because, you know, for example, Duke had three lottery picks a couple years ago and did not win. But you can also look at college football and see how dominant Alabama has been over the last decade. And I really don't see a lot of people complaining about parity or competitive balance in college football. And high school players get to choose where they go to college at. And it doesn't necessarily always work out because sometimes a a high school player may choose a school based off of who had the best, I don't know, the best experience on a visit. Maybe he went to this crazy party that had a lot of, that he had a lot of fun and he saw this cute girl. He thought, okay, well, you know, I want to go to that particular school. And I see it all the time. There are a lot of guys that were highly rated high school players. They chose a school that wasn't the best fit for them. They chose the school based off of maybe they had a strong bond with the assistant coach that recruited them. Maybe they liked the campus. Doesn't mean they made the right choice. And I think the same thing could happen in the NBA. So why not let the top NBA prospects pick their destinations? I believe, it's just my opinion, but I believe it would be really interesting as the players and their agents would have to be strategic in finding the best fit and the best path for substantial playing time and more importantly, the best opportunity for the player to get a huge second contract. Because of course, the more money... The player makes the more secure he is financially for his family. And then, of course, the agent makes more money. So the agent also has a, a he has something to gain by putting his player in the best position. Now, they try to do that now by, you know, if it's a, a bad team, they may or if it's a team that has bad management, they may withhold medical records and not have the player work out for for that particular team and hope in hopes that it discourages the team from drafting a player, but they still don't have any control over that. So, again, why not let the top freshmen or one-and-done or NBA prospects pick their, pick their own destination? It wouldn't have made sense for, like, Cade Cunningham to go to the Brooklyn Nets, right? Now, yes, it's Brooklyn. He's the number one pick, but it still may not have made sense for him to join a super team because it may not lead to a lot of playing time. Now, maybe he'd have considered the Lakers, but in my opinion, he's best as the primary ball handler, which we know would not happen in L.A. And also playing in Los Angeles in a win-now situation may not be the best fit for him short term. So it doesn't necessarily guarantee that the big market clubs are going to get all of the top players, the top rookie free agents, because it may not be the best fit. So in in a situation for Cade, he may choose Detroit or he may choose Houston, especially if he wants to be the face of the franchise because those teams would have given him that opportunity. Now, in my opinion, I think that it would be very interesting to see what players or their agents value the most. Is it playing time? Is it role? Is it winning or is it the city? So you may ask, what about the small markets? 
I think that they still have a chance simply because they could have playing time available. So I'll use and I, I'll use examples from the 2021 draft. If you're Jalen Suggs and you have the option to pick where you go, you may choose New Orleans because it would have made more sense than going to Orlando, especially around draft time, because Lonzo Ball was expected to leave. In Orlando, they just paid Markel Fultz. They just drafted Cole Anthony. So you may wonder, like, all right, if everybody's healthy, somebody's going to be the odd man out, and somebody's not going to have the ball in their hands. So I don't think Jalen Suggs would go to Orlando if he could have entered as a free agent. Another example would be Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody. Would they choose to go to the Warriors? I mean, on the Warriors, they're learning from vets that have won multiple NBA titles, but they're going back and forth between Oakland and Santa Cruz. If they could choose, do you think one of them or both of them would pick situations that provide early playing time, or do you think they would choose to learn in limited minutes and play in the G League? I personally think that neither one would go to the Warriors, knowing that Wiggins and Clay, once he got back, and Steph are going to be the starters, and unless they felt like, okay, I can come off the bench and provide a spark, but it's not going to guarantee them the big minutes or the opportunity to be in the rookie of the year race, which I think it it's something that a lot of people or a lot of the players, it's on their goals. Another example, would Davion Mitchell go to Sacramento? Doubt it. Simply because he knew that there was not a clear path to playing time. And it also forces teams and their front offices to build a culture and they have to recruit. You just don't get rewarded for being bad. And I think like, for example, Oklahoma City, they don't have any advantages as far as being in a major market. I still think that they could be successful, especially if they have a strong track record of developing talent and they have a strong support system around the players. I think agents would understand that if a team has a good track record of development, and they have a strong support system, then that puts his client in the best situation. And he may try to sway his client, you know what, go to Oklahoma City as opposed to the Clippers. Because, and I'm just using this as an example, not saying this is accurate. But he may say the Thunder have a a smaller market and a a tighter community that would be more beneficial for the players long-term growth i understand that there would be a few players that would choose to play near their hometowns so that could be an advantage for the major markets you know your chicago your new york's your you know your los angeles dallas houston whatever but i also believe that agents would understand that the pressures of a 19 year old that is not too far removed from high school playing at home and all the extra off-the-court distractions it brings. So it it doesn't necessarily mean like a Cade would go play for the Mavericks or Evan Mobley would choose to go play near his hometown of the Lakers or Clippers or even Jalen Suggs to the Timberwolves. So, again, I think allowing college players to enter as free agents would be beneficial. And here's another spin. It would make the coaches a lot happier because let's let's use Steven Silas for example in Houston do you think he wants to be in a situation where losing 60 games pleases management and we've seen it over and over again the coach that is brought in during the tanking process is rarely the coach that is around when the player that he helped the team tank for 
develops into an all-star and the expectations increase. So I think overall it will allow coaches to do what they want to do, win. It would allow teams to have more veterans on the team. Now you may say, okay, well, teams will pick some veterans that are past their prime. They'll play, they'll lose, and with the hopes of recruiting college stars and guaranteeing them playing time. Now I think that could be a factor. But again, I think that the players, or I think that if the players had the option to choose their destination, I think it would be pretty fun. All right, when we return, I'm going to talk about some of the players in the 2022 NBA draft, and I'm going to name some teams where they may consider or what I think would be a good fit for them if they had the option to enter as free agents. I feel like it's been a while since I talked to you about Rock Auto, and with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain or auto parts store to have all the parts that you need, so there's no point of just going through the pointless, intimidating questions about your car that you may not know, and you have to deal with this person behind the counter and order parts on their computer when you can do it on your own. All you need is a computer or a phone with access to rockauto.com, and you can get the auto parts you need. You can save time and money by using Rock Auto. No need to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com because Rock Auto is a family business that serves do-it-yourselfers and they've been doing it for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low. And they are low for every customer. They have everything that you can need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil, even new carpet. And if you got kids that got your your carpet all muddy with their soccer cleats or football cleats, go to rockauto.com and order some new carpet. You can go to explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Rock Auto has amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And again, this is at rockauto.com. All right, in this last segment, I'm going to put on my agent cap here. And I am going to pretend that I represent each projected lottery pick if they could enter the NBA as free agents. All right, I'll start off with Jabari Smith. So if I represented Jabari Smith, I am looking to convince him that San Antonio is a good fit simply because they have a good track record with bigs. You know, they got Tim Duncan and David Robinson as alumni. They have a Hall of Fame coach. DeJounte Murray is a rising star. There's also no, no state tax in Texas, so we're saving him money there. And also, they need a four. He is the type of player that San Antonio could use right now. So that would be my first choice, first and foremost, if he had the option to enter as a free agent. Of course, I would consider Houston, Detroit, and Oklahoma City also. A sleeper team would be the Pacers, especially if they can keep Sabonis and move Miles Turner. I think Smith is a better shooter than Turner and more of a natural four, and I think Rick Carlisle could be a, a pretty good coach for him. And then as far as like Jabari, Chet, and Paolo Bancaro, of course Detroit, Houston, and Oklahoma City make the most sense for all three. But if I represented Chet and Paolo, I can lump them together here. 
I take a long look at Portland. And I may be biased because I'm a Blazers fan, but if Portland keeps their roster intact, adding one of the Tier 1 prospects should get them back in the playoffs, and they could be the missing piece that would help Portland have at least a puncher's chance of making it to the finals. They wouldn't have to deal with the pressures of being the face of a franchise early, and they could just come in, defend, I think in Paolo's case, and even in Chet's case, you come in and... You're, you're passing or you're shooting, and you can just be the, the third option, a complimentary player, until it's time for you to take over because Dame and CJ are both over 30. So that would be my choice for, for Portland. I would definitely take a long, hard look if I was one of the top three prospects because I think it gives them a, a decent shot at winning and developing, and also I may be a little bit biased here. Now, I'd push Jaden Ivey to Detroit. I think that he would be a good fit next to Cade. Now, if I'm representing Johnny Davis as a free agent rookie, I'd have to really do some research on finding the best opportunity for him to succeed. I'm not even considering Houston or Orlando. They have too many guards. The Thunder, I think, are somewhat set at guard, even though it's kind of weird to say a team is set at guard when they are in the lottery. But I'd consider Detroit if Ivy opts to go to another team. New Orleans could be an option, but I'd strongly look at Cleveland or Dallas. I think the Cavs could use some size at the two. I don't know what's going on with Colin Sexton. And I think Dallas could use another guard that can create his own shot. They have a lot of wings that are spot-up shooters, which, you know, they complement Luka, but I think they could use another shot creator. He'd have to work on his three ball, but I, I would I would look at Dallas. If I represented Jalen Duran, we're going straight to Oklahoma City first to start the negotiations. He could come in, be their starting center from day one. He has the playmaker in Giddy that can get him the ball. He has SGA. He has a score. I think that he would be a perfect fit there. But I'd also look at the Spurs if Jabari Smith isn't there. And then I'd also look at the Hornets. Almost the same situation. He'd have a playmaker that can get him the ball. And that's something that he clearly lacks at Memphis. If he had a, a point guard that could get him easier looks, then I think he'd, uh, he'd look a whole lot better, even though he's looked pretty good. Now, if I represented Benedict Matherin, I'm only looking at playoff teams with a star or a playmaker. I think that he is your prototypical plug-and-play guy. He's a wing that can, that pretty much has a defined role. So I look at the Lakers, the Mavs, Jazz, Grizzlies, Bucks, and Nuggets. Those would be on my short list. I don't think the way his game is suited, him going on a bad team is best for him. But I could see him in maybe like a Mikael Bridges role, in a sense. And you put him with, you know, stars, he's a perfect complimentary player. So I would, I mean, if I'm him, I, he's one of the few guys that I would send to, you know, like I said, a team like the Lakers or the Jazz. So I think that if I were representing him, I'd have some pretty easy choices. Ty Ty Washington to the Washington Wizards would be my first call. And that's with or without Bradley Bill on the roster. Boston would be an option. They need a point guard. They need someone that can organize the offense. If Keegan Murray was my client, San Antonio and Indiana would be my first two choices. They both need fours. But then I'd also see like who the Pistons and Rockets sign. And if a spot was available there, that's where I'd try to send him. A.J. Griffin is a wild card. New Orleans would be an option. Portland could use some size on the wing, 
maybe even the Knicks or actually Griffin to Memphis would be pretty scary. I mean, they're starting Zaire Williams right now, so I think that even though he's not as tall, I think that he's a, a better prospect than, than Zaire. And just for the sake of time, those are some of the players that I'm, I'm going to mention. But if you noticed, I've avoided Orlando and Sacramento. There's just too many overlapping skill sets on those teams. And just based off, the how, based off of how the roster stands today, and I can say the same with Atlanta. They already have Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper, who, you know, I think both of them were first-round talents last year, and they're struggling to get playing time. They're playing in college part because Atlanta is so deep. And if I'm an agent, I really don't want to send my rookie client to a situation where he's not going to get a lot of playing time. Now, I don't want playing time to be given to him. I definitely want him to compete because I think that's a, a a mistake that happens is that sometimes these teams draft the these these players and they just make it easy for them. They don't have to compete for a starting job. They're giving the job from day one. I, I think that players should earn it, but also I have to be realistic and see that, okay, there may not be a clear path to playing time. And if this team starts winning then it's unlikely that they'll make a roster shakeup. But then that's not the case with Sacramento and Orlando. They just have too many redundant skill sets. Now, one fit I'd love to see outside of the lottery is Travion Williams to the Warriors. Imagine them with another passer, someone that could find cutters and and just another another playmaker. Even though, I mean, they have James Wiseman, who seems like he has not played in forever. I mean, it seems like James Wiseman... Jonathan Isaac, those two guys have not played in, I mean, it seems like almost two years because, you know, COVID years is seems like a long time ago. But anyway, that wraps it up for me. Hope you enjoyed this maybe somewhat controversial episode. I just wanted to do a little something different, just, you know, just my opinion. But thank you again for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. Now you should check out Locked On Bets. It is your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free, and it is available wherever you get your podcast. This is Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkie signing out. Hope everyone has a great weekend. I will be back on Monday, Lord willing, and I am... Out.